0: I'd like to give a big shout out to the hoodoo gurus who have given us permission to use part of their song. That's my team as our new podcast episode intro for all of their music. And whenever they are going live or performing live, head to their Facebook and their Instagram. The links will be in the description below. Be sure to give them a like and a follow as well on Facebook and Instagram. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the final tackle podcast, and we're actually joined all the way across the ditch from New Zealand by a former New Zealand Warriors player. His name is Motu Tony. Thanks for joining us here today, mate. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Um, so, I mean, let's get started, really. First of all, you got, your, you got your debut in the NRL for the New Zealand Warriors or Auckland Warriors in 2001. What was that like for you?
1: I know it's a bit cliche, but, um, you know, like... Uh most sports people tend to uh say, I guess it, it was a dream come true. Um you know, I I grew up in a uh you know, in a poor family and uh and uh you know, we didn't have a lot growing up but uh one thing we did have was a was a lot of love and a and a love for sport, especially rugby league. So when I sort of made my debut it was um I guess a realisation of a dream and all the hard work that my my parents and my family had um you know had put into to my sports career
0: yeah no that's fair and honestly it's not necessarily cliche the way you said that a lot of them obviously do say it's a dream come true I guess that's the cliche bit but honestly that's wonderful to hear um you then moved over to Brisbane and played for the Broncos for a bit um what was that like going from obviously still in the NRL but you know more or less going to a whole new country a whole new town and all that sort of stuff
1: yeah it was, um, it was a difficult experience to be honest because i you know had been in new zealand all life um, apart from uh, when my parents brought me over from samoa where i was born but you know i'd been in new zealand you know most of my life apart from 6 months when you know my family brought me over from the island yep. so going to uh, you know going to a different country but also going to such a um, prestigious club like the brisbane broncos it was a it was a culture shock and uh, you know it took some adjustment on my part, but I I got so much learning and also just the experience I had from being at Brisbane was something that's helped me sort of like you know later in life, and yeah. I'm grateful that I had the chance to to go to Brisbane.
0: Now, that, that that's good to hear. Um, now tangenting off a little bit um from that topic, they say obviously the Wayne Bennett effect. Um, as I'm sure everyone knows who's either been coached by or coached with. Wayne Bennett, do you believe that that's a a true statement as in the Wayne Bennett effect um, is a real thing?
1: Yeah, for sure, I do. Um, You know, in recent sort of years, both in sports and business and and general sort of um, life, I guess, you know, there's been a big sort of uh, emphasis on leadership and, um, you know, man management and uh, empathy and authenticity uh, in terms of leadership and, and being, you know, an individual with those sort of qualities, and you know that's what Wayne was a, was able to provide, yeah. um, you know, throughout that club, and it's something that I witnessed too. You know that he's provided to not only that club but players that were there. Uh, I witnessed that sort of firsthand, and you know I could see why he's had the success he's had as a coach, but also why you know that why the Broncos were successful under his reign.
0: Now that's fair enough, honestly. Um That really more or less encapsulates the person that is Wayne Bennett perfectly. You then went over um, to the Super League, and speaking of success, you had quite a successful stint while at Hull FC. You also played for Castleford and Wakefield. Again, obviously more or less the same question. Going all the way over to England this time, what was that like for you? What was the people like, the sport, and everything else like that for you over there?
1: yeah in England uh you know we spent uh almost fourteen years in England and um you know my family and I loved it you know um my wife and I sort of you know bought our first home together um in the u k and oh, wow. uh, four of our five kids uh were born in the u k and um you know it was a it was a great experience and you know it is a little bit weird, but I felt more at home in the u k than I did in Australia or in brisbane oh wow, and I think it was just because yeah it was just you know, I guess the, the pace of life was very similar to um you know, to New Zealand. Yep. And also, um, you know, there was a good community of I guess Pacific Island um yeah, you know, league sure. players that were in close vicinity. But also um there was just that work life balance that, you know, is probably not, not there in terms of the N R L. You know, um there was a lot of downtime, there was a lot of family time and uh and the people were fantastic in the u k so you know I love my time in the u k and uh it was um you know it was a real tough decision to come back to New Zealand, but you know we've made it and uh you know we're we're glad we did
0: now that's fair that's fair um <laughs> You obviously you also played in the 2005 Tri Nations um, for New Zealand and ended up winning that. What was it like, first of all, being able to you know pull on the um, Kiwi jersey and play in a match, and then also win in the Tri Nations?
1: Yeah, whenever you know uh, I had the the opportunity to pull on a Kiwi jersey, it's just uh, something that I did not take for granted. Um, Again, very similar to when I made my NRL in first grade debut. Um, It was a dream come true. And, um, you know, I knew that, um, you know, when you play for your club or play for an NRL club, you know, it's it's your profession, it's your job. We're playing for, you know, your country. It was an honor and um, it it, it was a privilege. So I never took that for granted. But, you know, 2005, you know, everything just came together in terms of on the field and off the field, and we beat Australia twenty-four 0 in the in the final. But <laughs>
0: massive win for you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a you know a, a big win for us. But I knew, and I think our team sort of knew um, on the Monday of that week at training, we knew that we were going to win. We were just, um, just we just had vibes? this we were, yeah, we had that vibe, that confidence, and just you know belief in each other that we we're going to do something special in the weekend and and you know, it came together. But, um, you know, I was sharing this story recently too to a friend, um, I said to him that, um, you know, 70 minutes, even though we we're up, you know, um, I can't remember what the score was, but you know, there was only 10 minutes to go. I never felt comfortable, you know, and uh, probably the 75th minute I was like, we could actually win this. <laughs> and yet, you know, we were... <laughs> but, it, you know, that was how much I respected, you know, the kangaroos because, you know they they've had so much if
0: you gave them the chance sort of thing
1: yeah definitely and they had some great great players in that team you know um, uh, Gaznia they had Ben Kennedy and Greg Gower Trent Barrett you know and you know Joey Johns and Lockyer started um, you know early in that tri Nations series so there's never been you know my sort of opinion about a Kangaroos on Australian side so that's why I didn't feel comfortable until that you know that Hooter went at the end
0: yep Oh wow Um, And speaking of 2005 Because you also um, played in the Challenge Cup final And won it with Hull FC Again, what was it like getting to the final? I mean, to anyone who's listening The Challenge Cup is very similar to the FA Cup It's like a side series of of rugby league Over in the Super League in England Um, So what was it like to have those efforts um, Throughout the year for the Challenge Cup And in general for you guys at Hull FC To get that silverware for you guys, you know?
1: It was massive. Yeah, it was massive. And because, you know, 2005, I was relatively new to the UK. I didn't sort of appreciate the the magnitude of what we had done. So, um, But because, you know, I sort of ended up spending a fair bit of time in the UK, I started to realize what we had done. But um, if anything, uh, 2005 for me was just sort of redemption. Uh, or trying to get redemption for, you know, losing the NRL Grand Final in 2002 to the Roosters. Yep. So that's (laughs) why I didn't want to lose two finals or two Grand Finals in a row. No, that's... So, you know, that was my my motivation, like, you know, most of the... uh,
0: Like, if I get a chance to get to a final, I'm not going to lose it sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I uh, lost one and it was painful, but... um, you know, the Roosters that they led by Freddie Fittler and, and the uh, stars they had, you know, they were the better team. But I just wanted, you know, to sort of have a better performance and also, you know, take victory.
0: No, that's fair. And especially on one of the grandest stages, um, which was the Challenge Cup final, which is amazing. Um, a, a lot of people may not know in Australia that the Challenge Cup is sometimes held in higher regard than the actual grand final in Super League. Um, Not all the time, but a lot of the time it is. Um, And I, yeah, 100% for you guys winning that in 05 is a massive achievement. Um, What are your thoughts on the new six-again rule, going back to one ref and the captain's challenge?
1: Oh, I think it's fantastic to watch, you know, and um, I stress, you know, fantastic to watch. You know, when you're playing, I'm like, oh, you know, these boys are such, um, you know, just supreme athletes and, uh, you know, I sort of tip my hat at how um how well conditioned they are and how well prepared they are and you know to coach uh cope with these sort of changes in the game because it makes it exciting to watch. But I also know that um, you know, the physical sort of demands uh would be, you know, taxing on the players. So, you know, tip my hat off to the players for I guess continually um, you know, challenging, you know, what's been done in our game from a physical and mental point of view.
0: Oh for sure. For sure. Um, I personally love the six again because I was getting a bit jack of watching like watching 80 minutes but only seeing about 60 of it being played to the point where I was watching Super League a lot more so because I'm sure as a former Super League player so if you can vouch for it's a lot more flowing. Not necessarily faster paced but it's a lot... Yeah, you'd be getting out of 80 minutes maybe 70, 75 minutes worth of play in the Super League and I was just gravitating towards that. So it's good that the NRL really did something about it during the COVID break and it's helped it so much. Um, in the NRL, when you played, what was, who was the toughest team for you to go up against physically and mentally?
1: Um, being at the Warriors, we were trying to be the next Brisbane. know, We were trying to be the next Brisbane Broncos. So for them, uh, for us, they were the benchmark for us in terms of a not only um, a footy team but also as a club yep you know we were trying to replicate the Broncos because they were the benchmark and had been for so long
0: oh for sure so
1: yeah. I'd have to say yeah, I have to say oh. it was the Broncos you know when you're seeing you know Alfie Langer and um, Webkey and, and Wendell and Lottie Takiri and Lockyer you know the, and and I can't forget the, the big fella called tell oh. us um, no you know it was just a star-studded team yeah and um you know, some of the sometimes uh, you know, and this was before you know, I sort of started playing first grade. You wouldn't, um, you know, you, you wouldn't hold any grudges against any team that sort of were beaten before a ball was kicked off because of the stars Brisbane you know had had in their in their club.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and speaking of um, grudges and whatnot, uh, this isn't really a grudge, but it's more um, maybe to the same extent. Which player or players did you idolise growing up watching rugby league?
1: Oh jeez. There's so many. Um, you know, for me, like I you know, I loved um I loved Mel, mm-hmm. Mel Meninga, um, and then, you know, a very good friend of mine, you know, Ruben Wiki was, oh, you know, to wow. link up with the bean machine. So, yeah. you know, those two in the centers, you know, Laurie Daly and then um, you know, even some of our Kiwi guys I mentioned, Ruben, uh, you know, Stacy Jones. Yep. Um and obviously with my, my last name being Tony, um, you know, Tony Tatupu and uh, Tony Tumavave were, you know, Warriors and, and Kiwi Internationals and Samoan Internationals. So, you know, those guys um, were guys that I, I looked up to and respected.
0: No, that's fair. And that's that's really awesome to hear. Um, and same question for the, for, from the NRL, but Super League. When you played in the Super League, who was the toughest team for you personally to go up against physically and mentally?
1: Well, it's a bit of a toss-up there. We we had, um, we sort of, uh, in you my mean, time at Hull teams. as a player, yeah, as a player at Hull, we sort of came up against a St. Helens um, team that were, you know, were first class, but so were the Leeds Rhinos. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, St. Helens, they had quality players, Jamie Lyon, um, you know, Mac Didley sort of replaced Jamie and just, you know, again, they just sort of went to another level and. Um and then, you know, they had Karen Cunningham who is probably my favorite uh English player. Uh, wow. Kieran Karen Cunningham the hooker. Yep. Yeah. And um and at Leeds they you know, they've had so much success and, and rightly so, their professional club and you know, some uh, talented people in their side, but guys like uh, Kevin Sinfield and, oh, yep. and Danny McGuire and
0: Rob you know, Burrow. Those
1: were... Champ- Rob Barrow, yeah, champion players and champion guys and you know, it was just you know, uh it was a difficult period to play in when you had those two clubs so good. But, sure. and, uh, I haven't even mentioned I haven't even mentioned Bradford who were also very good, you know, during the and they had um you know, they had backs like um uh, Waikona and Leslie Wainikolo, who were bigger than their forwards and uh you know they had you know Stuart Field and then Jamie Peacock, so you know, there was just um you know, so many uh, quality teams and players in the UK.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, And then, obviously, not to mention the Crosstown Rivals, Hull KR, which is a big grudge match in the Super League. Um, What was it like going up against... In in all honesty, that is probably the biggest grudge match in the Super League, Hull KR and Hull FC. What was it like going onto the field against Hull KR at Hull KR Home Stadium?
1: Well, I'll put it like this... um it ended up in my, my time in england it ended up i got more satisfaction um beating whole kr than i did beating you know the kangaroos with the kiwis oh,
0: wow. that's how
1: bad it was so oh, wow! You know, yeah and I, i'm being genuine you know that's how how the rivalry got to me you know i, I was like and you know, i i shared it with some people so in badly League. sort of thing yeah yes because you know when you're you know, you can when you live in Hull, there's no hiding from the fact that you've lost to, to whole KR, or yep, you know and vice versa. To yeah. lost to and um, you know, that's how bad it got. And I, I remember my first ever derby, uh and you know, we were our bus had pulled up to um to Craven Park, which is whole K ground, and uh there's a there's a grandmother, um, and she's she's obviously got her grandkids with her and um you know, she is you know, she's missing teeth. And she's giving you the fingers or the F bombs, and in other words, and that was my first experience of a derby. And I was thinking, geez, this is, I've never this seen is, anything yeah, like this. Is this is next before.
0: level. Like, there's rivalries in the yeah. NRL, like yeah, man, yeah. Manly and Sharks, but th- this is, it It really is. People, so, sorry to interrupt, but people who are listening to this episode who are NRL fans, yes, there are NRL rivalries, but I'm sorry, the biggest rugby league rivalry, in my opinion, is Hull KR and Hull FC. Sorry, Motu, continue.
1: No, no, you're right. You know, like, um, I thought I had seen, you know, a lot in my time in the NRL and obviously being a fan of um, of the NRL. But when I got to the UK, it was just a different level. And one of the other things that um, sort of reinforced that point to me was, um, and a couple of stories and a little bit morbid because they have to do with death, oh, but um, we... Um, one time, um, we we saw this uh, this box that had been brought into training, and I was like, "This is a weird thing." You know, there was a box, and then there was, you know, a bit of an engraving on it, and and I was wondering, what the hell is this? And you know, they were asking us to sign this box, and then I found out that it contained the ashes of a of Sea fan. Oh. So, the family the family wanted you know wanted us to sign. It was an urn, but it was you know it was a wooden one. So, yeah. um you know, and. They wanted the guys to sign, and I was like, this is crazy. But I guess crazier than that was uh, we we snuck on, um, and to this day I don't think they know, but we snuck on uh, a player whose, whose grandfather had passed away, and their request was that um, their ashes be, um, on the be spread on the, the KCOM stadium, oh. at the KCOM stadium. Oh, at Hull of Sea's home ground.
0: Wow! I, so I, I, don't, um, I don't think I'd say that's more, but I would just say that that's a dedicated fan and family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's what that's what we did. You know, we snuck on this player who was a player of our club at the time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, him and his family had a chance to uh, spread the ashes of his grandfather, you know, on our home ground. So that's how. That's you how know, literally, um, literally, literally um, yeah.
0: Hull, Hull born, Hull bred, Hull die sort of thing.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: And and whole you know, the whole
1: supporters have a saying, Hull FC till I die so oh, um, even then they oh. weren't wrong. <laughs> yep. yep So those um I guess a couple of examples that sort of just show you how loyal and dedicated, you know, the um, the whole fans are to their team, but how sort of um intense that rivalry is.
0: Oh, that honestly, wow. I I literally got goosebumps and still do just just from listening to that. Wow. Um Let's go on a bit of a lighter topic. If you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, Time travel. Okay. Time travel. Any particular point you'd like to go back into or forwards to?
1: i just like to have the opportunity to travel, you know, back in time because, um, you know, when you get a little bit older, you sort of start missing the the good old days. And um, I'm starting to, you know, realize that. So time travel and also... uh, just to make those good times last a little bit longer, because yeah. they tend to, um, you know, go too fast. The good times, eh?
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Honestly, agreed. Um, and also, let's not mention you had a stint in the union over in England for the whole rugby union club. What was that like making the yeah. switch to union?
1: It was interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So, you know, I, I was grateful to the whole rugby union club for giving me an opportunity to uh, rehab from an injury. I had a serious injury, so they gave me an opportunity to um you know to train and play rugby and um they actually helped me get to a uh, a second division team in the uh the england rugby union competition so wow. and and this team you know was a great um it was nottingham rugby union and uh they were the feeder, feeder club to leicester tigers oh, wow. who were you know england and european champions um so lo and behold uh there's a you know, there's a uh a, a preseason game and what do you know, we're playing Leicester Tigers and that's my first, you know, um serious game of rugby union is against the Leicester Tigers. And <laughs> <Wow>. um <laughs> and they um I thought, you know, I'm hoping they uh they, you know, rest some of their superstars. There was no resting of superstars. They had their, <laughs> you know, their full international side running out and uh you know, I remember marking um I was playing at uh sort of inside center and I was yep. marking a guy by the name of Billy 12 trees. I believe his name was. And he was, um, you know, he was, uh, an England, um, you know, representative, you know, a couple of years later. So, you know, and they had some international stars like, um, you know, Tui Langi on the wing yep. and, um, Giovanni, the prop. And, wow. um, I, I meant I remember a uh, not that I'm a rugby expert, but there was a there was a ruck and Giovanni was there, and I sort of tried to move him out of the way. There was no chance I was moving him, but I, <laughs> I, I gave it a go, and quickly realised that I, there was never I was never going to win that battle. But you know, I just freaked out at how strong he was. He was immovable, you oh, know. Wow. So, but it was good fun, you Did know. You get I can that say thing? I. I No, no, we didn't win, but it was a good game, uh, you know, pre-season game, and uh, to play, I I can't remember if they were England champions or or the European club champions. They were champions, um, regardless. (laughs) Yeah, they were, you know, they were a dominant team in the UK, and that was my first sort of like serious, um, you know, rugby game, so, you know, it was a good experience.
0: (laughs) Wow. Um, Now, word vomit. Now, another lighter topic. Um. Who was the prankster at each club that you played at? Who was the prankster? I'm guessing um, Nat Wood for the Warriors. Oh,
1: he, he, <laughs> yeah. He, when you asked me the question, I I was not going to say anybody else but Natty Wood. And I love Natty Wood. You know, some of his pranks were just outstanding. Ivan Cleary like, with um, the scream mask? Yep, Ivan Cleary. He, so he, you know, sort of broke I've into spoken, his house. Or uh, yeah, the yep,
0: I, I've spoken to Ivan and Nat,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, um, yeah, he, he, he takes the you cup and,
0: while you guys
1: were playing the game. You know, no, no, he, he was good to me, yeah, he looked after me and I think <laughs> there would be more, it wouldn't be much of an achievement to get me, but, um, you know, for him to get Kempo and Kevin Campion and Ivan, oh. you know, those are the, those are the top guys you need to get because, uh, you know, that was hilarious when, uh, when he did those things to those two.
0: Oh, honestly, 100%, um, who had the weirdest and or most off-putting pre-game routine and or um, superstitions while you were playing in the NRL and Super League? Jeez. Um, one of the, um,
1: I guess one of the most unusual, yep. uh, and there's two guys that sort of come to mind. One of the most unusual um, things that I've seen sort of pre-game uh, is, and this was a test match, actually. This is representative stuff. It was probably C Soliola. Okay. Like, um, he he could be laughing and joking right up until the moment you take the field. You know, that's how sort of relaxed he is. But when he gets on the field, he's just, you know, he becomes a different man. You know, so wow. um, and he, he was quite, you know, he was quite young. Um, yeah, definitely when. Um, yeah, when I played with him in the New Zealand team, but you know, I was like, "Here's this young guy, so relaxed, so calm." Yet when he crossed that white line, it Hang was on, white line you know he was. Say. Yeah, yeah, and um, he was a quality player, and he's doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, at at all the clubs he's been to, especially upon his return to the to the Raiders and the NRL, he's just been fantastic. So he he's won that sort of you know just a weird sort just of weird
0: um, switch in his mentality, like. Up until the time yeah. you walk on the pitch
1: Yeah, he's still laughing and joking and smiling, but then, you know, um I'm I'm one of those guys who was I was nervous as hell before I went out for games, but you know, here's this guy who just, you know, casual and just you know, laid back and I guess the other one and he might dispute this, but I had a, a really good friend of mine, a former teammate uh, by the name of Richie Mathers who okay. played for um who played for Gold Coast Titans? Yep. Um, he he played for Wigan and also the Leeds Rhinos at Warrington. Yeah. Um, so we spent some time together at Wakefield, and um, I remember him listening to Celine Dion before games. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I'm not quite. And he was he was a you know quality player, quality player. And maybe Celine uh, got him Celine relaxed. Dion, yeah, I was just thinking um, not my sort of music when I'm getting ready to go out there and, you know. Uh, what was your sort of music that you would like listen to,
0: to before a game?
1: Oh, I love to listen to some uh, upbeat music, whether it was like rap or hip-hop or some just see anything fast. and Yeah, sort something of a, to pump you, you know, up a bit. Yeah, yeah but um, Celine Dion, I'm not too sure, you know. So <laughs> those are a couple of guys that sort of come to mind.
0: Now that's fair enough. Um, what are you currently doing now? Um, with with your life uh, with yourself etc
1: well um, I finished playing in uh, 2012 and then 2013 I went to university full time okay. and it was something that I, I always sort of planned to do so I went to university full time and I uh, I completed my masters in business administration oh, so wow. I got an MBA
0: was that and, in but, England or back in New Zealand
1: yeah it was in the UK it was in the UK so uh you know, the plan was to was to complete my MBA and then come home, but halfway through my MBA I got offered the um the GM a football role at Hull at oh, Hull of wow. C. So uh it was a tough it was a tough few months there where I was working full time but also studying full time. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it was you know, geez had to spin a couple of plates there. And uh but, you know, I'm thankful I've done that because uh you know completed my my masters and then I sort of got into the role that I wanted to do you know I wanted to sort of uh sort of lead uh, a football program or lead an organization and you know that's what Hull gave me the opportunity to do so I got to Hull sort of like the end of 2013 and I left uh at the end of 2017 mm-hmm. and that was after you know, after Hull had managed to to win at Wembley, win a Challenge Cup at Wembley for the first time in 112 years, I think it was.
0: Yeah, you know, wow. that was
1: the first. yeah. And um, what made it even sweeter was that uh, we managed to repeat the following year. So oh wow.
0: Um,
1: yeah, So we we managed to win two Challenge Cups at Wembley after waiting, you know, 112 years to do you so. Two in and a row, I think yeah, um, yeah, two in a row. And uh, you know, there was a. And this is another thing, sort of going back to the whole KR rivalry. They always used to sing a song that um, you'll never win at Wembley. Oh, so wow. they used to sing it. Yeah, they used to sing that song all the time.
0: Well, they can't anymore. You know, you'll never win at Wembley. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, when we won at Wembley, well, you know what we were going to say, and then uh, the whole, K- whole KR fans changed the the script there a little bit and said that we we'll, we would never beat them at Wembley. Ah, so, okay. You'll
0: never beat us yeah. at Wembley. Okay.
1: Yeah, but uh, I think that was just you know that was a poor a poor excuse you know because yeah.
0: <laughs> they had got to
1: Wembley the they had got to Wembley the year um, 2015 they got to Wembley and they I think they got beat by fifty fifty nil or something like that oh. so um, so when we went there in 2016 and 17 and won one both times wow you know we had the uh, we had the keys to the city and the bragging right okay. but. Um, yeah, but following my time in the UK, I came back to New Zealand and uh, I had an interim role as the CEO of uh, Baseball New Zealand.
0: Oh wow! And
1: okay. yeah, which was good. I enjoyed it. And baseball is a fantastic sport. It is, and um, and I also got appointed to the uh, to the New Zealand Rugby League Board. Oh, okay. And then yeah, so um, and then during uh, my time on the board at and when my my uh, interim period as CEO of um, Baseball New Zealand was coming to an end. Um, They asked me or the board asked me if I'll consider my current role now, which is the general manager of high performance. So I had to, I had to step down from the board to take this role, but um, you know, my role now uh, it's just gives me the mandate to make sure that um, you know, players both male and female, as well as coaches, uh, trainers and also referees are coming through the New Zealand system and and going as far as they can, really. And
0: you Getting know, the for best those
1: opportunity to, that they can. Yeah, and the fortunate ones that get to make it to the NRL if that's their dream, you know, that they play for the Kiwis and play well for the Kiwis. So you know, that's my responsibility at the moment.
0: Now that's fair. That actually sounds really awesome. Um, got two more topics to go through. Uh, first of all what would be your personal highlights? I'm going to say your top three personal highlights for you as a player in the NRL and Super League.
1: Yeah, well, wow, really good question. Um, I think uh, for myself, it would be, you know, my first grade debut mm-hmm. um, against St. George, round four, I think it was 2001. Yep. And I, I, was, I was a late call-up um one of the players was uh, was injured, so they called me up, and, you know, the night before the game, all I'm thinking about is Trent Barrett, you know, <laughs> running over the top of me. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, just being so nervous before the game, and I, I didn't get much time, but I, I managed to score a try, you know, in my first grade debut in front wow. of my, my family, my mom and dad, and, um, you know, so that is something that I'll never forget. Um, and, I guess my international debut for the Kiwis yep um again you know very lucky that it was in Auckland um and in front of my family again and I guess my Super League memory would be um you know being the GM of football and the club winning at Wembley for the first time in in 112 years I think it was you know that would be my memory as um you know from my time in the UK in the Super League
0: honestly that's awesome um And last topic slash question. What advice would you give and could you give to any youngsters who are wanting to make it in the big league one day?
1: Uh, I think for me, I I would just say, you know, work hard, work hard. And, you know, I guess the other word that's important to me is just respect. You know, Mm -hmm. work hard and and have respect for yourself and for others. And, um, you know, I think you'll go far because, um, you know, it's a tough Tough, tough industry, you know, uh, professional footy or, you know, just life in general. Once you, you become an adult, it's really tough out there. But, um, you know, if you work hard and you have respect for yourself and and for others, whether it's professional, you know, rugby league, the NRL or, what, or another pathway, you know, you're bound to have success if um, you can work hard regardless but also treat people the right way and, and also treat yourself the right way because oh. I think, uh, you know, you can't limit yourself or, um, you know, be happy with mediocrity i think we've we've been given too much uh you know too many talents and there's so many opportunities out there so you know work hard and and treat yourself and others with respect
0: no that's fair enough um That's all the topics I have and questions. So first of all, I want to thank you very much um, for joining me and joining us for the Final Tackle Podcast. And I also would love to get you on next year, just before the World Cup, to have like a sort of a rugby league World Cup preview, if that's all right with you.
1: Yeah, would love to do it. I love talking rugby league, anything rugby league. So yeah, more than uh, happy to do it.